For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson, and I'm here tonight with my special guest, Oog Levadier and co-host. Welcome, Oogie. Hey, Alexandra. How are you? I'm doing well. We've got Australian Open Day 2, and we have one of my favorite people in tennis, especially in coaching, coming on tonight with us, staying up late because he's on East Coast time, just like you, but Oogie, you're a night owl. Mm-hmm. I'm welcoming in Mr. Eric Riley. Welcome, Eric, and thank you for coming on the show. Well, Alexandra, thanks for having me, and Oogie, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I listen to these podcasts. A few days starting a few days ago and i've enjoyed them thoroughly and i'm well, excited to be here so thanks for having me i appreciate it. i'm going to give a little bit of background on eric riley okay oh. he's an amazing coach he's been through all levels of coaching okay he coached pam shriver who's a hall of famer he coached lisa raymond who's nominated for the hall of fame both grand slam champions he coached the new up-and-comer from Stanford, she's number one right now, Angelica Blake. That's who he's currently coaching, as, as well as many other juniors. He coached me a little bit, and I could just go down the list of a couple more, but I'm going to add in, he played on the ATP Tour from 1984 to 1991. He coached his daughter, Zan, one of my favorite people, on the WTA Tour. He was the first black captain for an Ivy League college playing number one at University of Penn. So tonight, Oogie, in our coach's corner, we have somebody of note to join us. Wow. I mean, Ivy League. I'm impressed. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Pretty impressive. Eric, do you like that intro? Do you need me to follow you around with that? Um, no, I would just rather just talk about the tennis and not talk about myself. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, um, but I it was important to know. Oogie, I was really intrigued by a lot of the things you said, and I, I think Alexander Stevenson is just so good on the air. And we have to admit, Alexander has tremendous, radiant personality with a lot of charisma. And we need her energy in the sport of tennis and broadcasting. And I'm not silly. And let's face it, tennis has changed. Last time I checked, the last five U.S. Open winners have all been women of color. And on the men's side, the two best players are black. (laughs) All right, Eric is just getting right into it, Oogie. So the the color of the game has changed, okay? Althea Gibson and Arthur got it started, okay? And then we had some amazing players. We have the Lori McNeils, Zena Garrisons, okay? Mm -hmm. We have Leslie Allen. We have the Alexander Stevens, who has done something at Wimbledon that's never been done before. Alexander Stevenson qualified at Wimbledon, okay, and got to the semis. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, that's like winning eight matches in a row. It is impressive. She's got a lot of experience. She's been top 20 in the world. She relates to young people. She relates to old people. She relates to people her age. And the face of tennis has changed in America. And we need to understand that. The best athletes need to get involved in this game. And we see what happens when there's opportunity for people. And I took the tennis racket for the first time. My mom, bless her soul, took us to the Spectrum some in Philadelphia to see Arthur Ashe play. He was still mm-hmm. a lieutenant in the Army. How My brother and I wanted to be professional tennis players that afternoon. 
My mom got us tennis rackets with some green stamps, and we were out in our yard hitting tennis balls. With wow, a after, after you saw, after you saw Arthur, Arthur Ashe Ash play, that's great. We that's wanted so to be Arthur Ashe. So that's my Eric, story. Eric, how old were Arthur you when you... Day, tennis the next, and that's what I wanted to do. My twin brother and I, we wanted mm -hmm. to be pro tennis players. Eric, how old were you we when so you watched anyway, that's Arthur I'm Ashe? Broadcast, and I love tennis. Oh, thanks, Eric. How old were you when you watched Arthur Ashe for the first time? Ten. Wow. So again, so ten. You know, started late, relatively late. But yeah. if you're athletic and you're doing other sports and cross training, you can pick tennis up. Exactly. I, like I started that. playing tennis at eleven, so I totally relate. I was playing hockey so many years yeah. before, but high-level hockey, so I picked tennis, and it was. Yeah, Ugi was cool. a hockey superstar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my, son, was... my son, my son, I have an eight-year-old son, Watson. He plays hockey. That's cool. You, know, my, oh, uh, you guys oh, have something in common. Ugi, yeah. you got you to gotta go meet Watson. Maybe when you go down to Philadelphia one day, we'll set you up with Eric and Watson on the hockey yeah. ice rink. And oh, Watson's, love grandfather, Watson's grandfather on his mom's side won two Stanley Cups. Ooh. So, and, and Watson's mom is a phenomenal athlete, Heidi, my wife. So Watson is, and she's six feet tall, so... Watson's oh. going to be a force in whatever he chooses to do. Well, that's exciting. So Next generation. Anyway, and I like that you put hockey. him in hockey. Yeah. I like, hockey. I like that Eric put Watson in hockey instead of tennis, even though we love tennis. I think hockey is a great sport and it's a lot sometimes more forgiving than tennis mentally, oh. obviously not physically, but you're with a team. So it's, yeah. it's a totally different sport and it's, it's, sometimes fun for somebody that's in tennis as a parent to go outside of their sport so eric mm -hmm. is having a whole new life with this hockey adventures with Watson. Well, i'm not gonna lie i've never been on a pair of skates in my life <laughs> i don't even understand how that works but i'm going to tell you one thing i'm not choosing um hockey for my son he's choosing it for himself i didn't want my daughter to play tennis but she chose it for herself so i mean that's the thing but i hope at some point oogie and alexander going to talk about um, when I heard another, from one of your amazing podcasts, how important the mindset of a tennis player is and how difficult it is. Alexander, you know it. And you would be a great consultant for these young players because you understand the loneliness. You talk about the travel. You talk about the time zone. Ubi. I mean, you know these things, the money, mm -hmm. the yep. food, the time zone, you know, the, um, the sleep, your circadian rhythm. I mean, there's so much involved in being a pro tennis player. And it's so complex, and I, I and I just got these ideas going in my head when I heard your your podcast the other night, and I think that the topics you're dealing with are fantastic, because I really don't want a whole lot to do with tennis. You guys got me into it the last week listening to the podcast. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Eric. You've actually been listening. Thank you. All right. Yes. You're welcome. We will keep going, right, Oogie? So is... meanwhile, we are here for day two of the Australian Open, and we got to get into what happened a little bit day one in the middle of the night. Uh, Ugi, give me a rundown on the men's side of the matches that you stayed up to watch some of them and give me some nail biters that two seeds snuck in. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of matches yesterday that was, was we expected most matches like, you know, Djokovic to go through, Fritz, you know, all these guys, you know, TFO. Um, but then some of them, you know, they, they, were, they got in, they won, but it was tough. You know, first round in big events like that, Grand Slams, you don't want to spend too much time on the court in the first two rounds or three rounds because it's gonna it's gonna be able to it's gonna be tough in the second week. You know, so you know Rublev was that was out there for a long time, won in five sets, so that was tough. Taylor Fritz five sets as well. So these two these two seeds, they fought hard to get through. Uh, hopefully they recuperate. You know, and they're in good shape, but still, it's you don't want to waste too much energy on. On these matches, so on the men's side, there's those are the biggest ones that I'll remember. I mean, Corda won one in five sets as well. Yeah, so, he just won like 30 minutes ago, five setter. But Corda's an, a little bit of a different story because he's been injured a lot with his wrist. So that was a mm -hmm. big win for him today to come out and play fearless and win that fifth set. You're right. You're right. So yeah, there's some more some more matches are going on, and you know there's. All sorts of stuff, you know. Some Australian guy, Popperin, won. So he's up. He's up five-two in the third set. He was up two sets. So yeah, there's a lot of good matches straight. And then, uh, you know, then there's uh, Sinner who just steamrolled. <laughs> yeah, Sinner <laughs> looked strong. 
Now, mm -hmm. one of the matches I liked, Eric, was Djokovic came through in four sets against a Croatian teenager, Prismic, mm -hmm. who said Djokovic was his idol and looked up to him. And you know what the best part of the match was? I mean, look, the teenager didn't give up until the end. And Djokovic, he would have liked to get through in three, but it was kind of tight for two of those mm -hmm. sets. But the yep. best thing that I saw, and Novak has been doing this the last couple of years, which is why he should run for president of Serbia when he does retire. The crowd was cheering when Djokovic won, and then Prismic went over to his chair, and they kept cheering him, and Djokovic gave his hand open with his racket face, turned towards Prismic, and told him to get up and take a bow. So how cool That's was true. that, that he did that? Well, mm -hmm. He seems to be a very, very humble, likable guy. Yeah. Um, maybe there's a lot in his history I don't know about, but um, I think he's um, endeared himself to the public. He's the best player of all time. And this kid that he played today, I mean, Novak Djokovic is making the new generation better. They're more flexible. They're running harder. And this guy's playing well into his 30s, so he's changing the game. And yeah, let's well face it, said. Tennis is an amazing sport. The quality of the tennis is incredible. And I spent a lot of time traveling around the world with superstars like Alexander Stevenson and Pam Shriver, okay, and Lisa Raymond and Angelica Blake. And I'm going to tell you, I spent a lot of, I watched as many matches as I could of my daughter who played on the tour for 17 years, which is a tremendous commitment to a lifestyle and to a, a craft that's not easy. So my hat's off to my daughter, not because she's my daughter, because she stayed out there and she plugged away. And that's right, Alexander Stevenson, you don't check the retirement box, okay? Because with that serve, you get yourself healthy, things can happen. But the quality of the tennis in general on both sides is incredible. I'm watching challenges in Mexico or, or in Africa or in Australia, wherever. The quality of the tennis at the challenger level is amazing, not to mention the depth in the main draws. Novak had a tough match. Fritz had a tough match. Tiafo had a tough match. The quality of the tennis is amazing on both sides and i think it's quite exciting and again this guy that uh, novak played today he's training and playing extra hard because novak's his idol and yeah. the change the guards changing at the top but um I, th I think novak is in a good place he was patient and he's shown that he can carry this game and that he is endearing and good for the public but thanks for those updates Ugi. and i, I think that um really we, we want to win in straights but we'll take the win because somebody's yep. got to win seven matches here. And we know going into the tournament, there are only three or four guys that are capable of winning it mentally, physical, spiritually. Okay. Yeah, all right. So saying that, Eric, give me Thank your you. picks to get through the tournament now that you said only a couple of handful of guys. So give me three picks. One of them has to be your dark horse and two to the finals. Well, the dark, has, the dark horse has to be uh, the lefty. Ben Shelton. Ben Shelton. Okay, because I like that he's, pick. He's, he's, he won a tournament. And, and for him to get to the semis of the U.S. Open and then come back and win a tournament in Japan, he's not celebrating on what he did at the U.S. Open. His dad's got him focused on moving to the next level. That's an incredible achievement. So Ben Shelton, he's got something special. Okay? And, and, and Novak has got to be considered the, the favorite. And I'm mm -hmm. going to throw in, I hope Novak in, um, has... Um, Alcaraz are on different sides of the draw. Yeah, yeah. they are. So yeah. It could be Novak Alcaraz. Okay, you like Alcaraz. All right, no. Oogie picks Sinner. No. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to not pick Alcaraz. Okay, who are you going to pick? Okay, we, we have to have a new guy in there. But okay. I'm, I'm hoping that um, Pass can get it together Ooh. here. Because, you Ooh. know, he's a big, strong kid. He's had He's plays well through the whole year, hasn't he? He's tough. I, I think that he has a, a grind. I think if he's got the right leadership in his box and somebody to help him with his dad, I think that this guy, okay, can get it back together. Okay, so, so guys, guy. I like that you brought up Sitsipas because I was going to bring in, the, in this a little later, but since we're now on Sitsipas and he's playing right now and he lost the first set to Bergs, wow. okay, 7-5. But the best thing about this match right now that I've been listening to is John McEnroe and Nick Kyrgios. 
All right. So awesome. we all know Nick Kyrgios played Sitsipas at Wimbledon when he mm -hmm. beat him and and Sitsipas hit that ball against the wall and didn't get a warning and Nick went nuts, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like a whole controversy. And so and then plus with Sitsipas and his dad, Eric brought up his dad. Okay, so John McEnroe, Nick Kyrgios, right? You're like thinking this is going to be explosiveness, the two bad boys, different generations. Okay, so John McEnroe is right now calling play-by-play, -play, and Nick Kyrgios is doing the color analyzing. So he's in the role that I was in last year. And by the way, I love I love what you do on the television, Alexander. I'm sorry. Oh, thanks, Eric. Because All right, it's a, so it's not, because it's a different it's a different sound and it's a different look and it's a different perspective. And you know I something? We it. need we need more women. We need more females with a microphone. Yeah, there's sorry. there's a lot of males out there, right? Oh, well, come All on. right. So anyway, sorry so to interrupt. John, that's okay. I Pardon like the interruption. It's, it's, it's a free podcast. <laughs> we can interrupt each other. Okay. Totally so, agree. She's awesome. So yeah. John McEnroe is trying to bait. Nick Kyrgios from the moment they start. Okay, he's bringing up the old man in the box who is Sitsipas's dad. He's calling him the old man. And what does he think about it? And Nick is like, well, Steph, he's calling Sitsipas Steph because they know each other. Steph is just, you know, pulling it together and it's nice support to have. I mean, come on. Nick Kyrgios goes on Twitter and makes all his comments and then he's in the box with john macaron saying steph is has a good team and it's nice to have support what? And, and then john is like okay so then he does something else in the first set and john turns into curious and is like so don't, don't you think the box should be more involved the dad's over there coaching don't you think that would maybe if they're less involved that would be better for sitsipas and nick's like oh well it's good to have support and John's like, yeah, that's what you do with your box, right? You don't yell at them. And Nick's like, <laughs> he's like, he didn't say anything. And John's like, who am I talking to? Yeah, yeah, right. Who's this and angel was, in front of me? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting so some funny, comments here. Right? Because he did not, he was just trying to bait him. And it's like Nick is like buttoned up. Either he's nervous by being next to John McEnroe, or now he's on ESPN and he wants to be nice to everybody because he's still going back into the locker room yeah but you can't do that i mean you're doing your job or you're not so it's he needs right? to be himself he needs to so, be himself that's why he's there right we want to hear those those comments and there. so i was very disappointed eric well yeah because you thoughts? want you want curios oogie don't you think you want curios in there because he's going to be authentic and you think he would be honest for but, sure for sure i'm expecting him about bob yeah. to bob costas he made a, a um, yes. He made a, a, he flubbed something and he said something he shouldn't have said on the mm -hmm. air. But this mm -hmm. is a long time ago when maybe only nine people and his mom were listening to the broadcast. It didn't get him lost. It didn't get him to lose his job. But I mean, mm -hmm. what are supposed to say, Alexandra? Um, Nick, grow his hat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what's he going to no. tell Nick? I mean, but Nick yeah. was basically afraid to deliver because, yeah. you know, he doesn't know he doesn't turn anybody the wrong way. And he's new I, in it, right? I he feel, doesn't know how yeah, to handle it. He's new in the booth. Yeah. But, you know, on Twitter, he can let it rip. But yeah. then, come on, you're in a, you're on American TV on ESPN, and John McEnroe, the baddest bad boy of all time in tennis, is trying to get you to give him some color and calling Sitsipas' dad an old man, and you have no comment except to say, it's nice that he has the support, give me a break. You have to jump in the pool, like face first, just dive right. in there, uh, come uh, on. Nick right? was being, Nick wanted to just be an acolyte right there, an acolyte yeah, and yeah. You know, hold his hands and, and hey, let the priest do the job. Yeah, and look, he has a talk <laughs> show podcast coming out called Good Trouble, I'm, I'm not, and I'm just saying it's coming out end of January. I, I was looking at his Instagram. So maybe he'll be more provocative there. And, you know, maybe he just needs to warm up. And this was the second day. And he's like, he's finding his way. You got to give him that because it's not easy to be in that booth with those personalities. Oh, geez. But if if I'm looking at Nick Kyrgios's record, mm -hmm. it was so off book for him. Mm hmm. That's true. And his, and, his, and his podcast is going to be called what? Good Trouble? It's called Good <laughs> Trouble. And he, I'm telling you guys, Eric Anugi, he did not bring good trouble tonight so far. Well, you just, oh. brand, you just brought good. There was no trouble in there. He well, just brought just, good just angel. Angel. It's, almost, it's almost February and Black History Month. So Good Trouble is um, 
a term used um, during the civil rights movement, good trouble. Mm -hmm. So I hope Kyrgios yep. does his, his um, due diligence, as my brother yeah. would say, on doing yeah. the research to using that topic, good well, trouble. Well, I think he has, because I think good he trouble has people about, around him let's, that's going to help him. Well, anyway, good trouble, he needs to look it up, because that's a topic that maybe Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy and another black politician that recently passed away used to use that as um, constructive movements and to, to help make things right and equal for all people. Mm -hmm. Good trouble would be disrupting um, horrible laws mm -hmm. against certain types of people. So I hope Nick understands good trouble. He has to take some responsibility there. Yeah. I hope his agent's involved well, with that because... Uh, I guess you know, we'll find out, guys. We'll find out. Okay, thank you. But anyway. Wow. Yeah, he might have just picked the words and doesn't know the history, but he really... He should know the history, even though uh, but he's the people that are putting that together should know something too. Come on. Yeah, they should. All they right. Should. Well, meanwhile, Sitsipas has now won the second set six one, so he's in mm -hmm. the mix. He's back in the mix, guys. Yeah, he's back there. Yeah. But, and, and even love thirty on Berg's serve, so he's yeah, he's probably gonna you know, yeah. take some momentum there and yeah. run with that match. Sitsipas has a chance to win a slam. He needs to change things up a little bit. He's good on every surface. He's good from the back. I mean, this guy's got a lot going on. But he's going to have yeah, to have the courage to make an, a change if he wants to win a slam. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I agree. No, no. Uh, the great thoughts. Okay, so now let's talk about a little bit about Francis Tiafo, and then we're going to go into the women. Ugi, he mm -hmm. won in four sets against Chorch. Chorch is a good player. Not a lot of power. Lots. He's but he's just he's kind of all over good. Just not really one big weapon. So it was a good win for him to get out of the match in four sets for Francis. Yeah, that's that. That's right, and I saw a little bit of that match because, you know, we only have so many so many TV channels that we can't see all the matches at all the same time. So, but uh, Francis' match was on a little bit. I was happy to see the connection with the coach. You know, we talked about that last night in the podcast. I was yeah. happy to see that because I had no idea who that new coach was. And you said, let's see if the matchup of the coach and the the player and the chemistry there can be. I was happy to see that. So coach the was, new coach Yugi is Pereba. Yep. who coached Coco Goff last year. Yep. What did you see of the interaction with the two of them? I saw a, a Pereira coach really, he was standing up, he was screaming at him like positively, you know, you know, mm -hmm. bringing an energy. I love that. I love that because I think Francis will feed on that because if his box is more, because Wayne Ferreira was more sitting down, more calm when he was watching the matches, mm -hmm. maybe now in the US Open in the high level, rounds but yeah. more you know it was much much calmer which that can help but that can also you know extinguish a fire a little bit because you know he's all fiery tfo is like when he's winning he's really you know involved and he wants to get that momentum going and that's why you know he was beating nadal at us open still won the next round and mm -hmm. you know when ferreira's look chill out let's see the big picture we need to you know <laughs> you know let's win the tournament and yeah, but Francis at that moment doesn't want to hear that. He just wants to celebrate and keep keep the hype going. And so it could work. This this yeah. matchup could work because I can see that the chemistry is there was already there. So um, okay. I was happy to see that. Yeah. That's All right. Cool. I love that you said that, Ugi, because Eric before was saying Tiafo needs some fire and like not passiveness and not defensive yeah. tennis. So Eric, thoughts on what Ugi just said? Well, listen, Wayne Ferreira, uh, did a decent job with TFO, but we have to admit, Francis TFO up to this point is pretty much he's underachieved. Yeah. Wayne Ferrer was considered the greatest player that never won a slam. I mean, he was the David Ferrer of that era before. Yeah. And so Wayne Ferrer has to understand no, we don't treat a match in a grand slam different than we treat a regular tour match mm. because we know the intensity and the mindset to win, okay, the tour match. Is the same as it's going to be at a grand slam. You got to treat all the same. If you want to. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones get it done.
Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Really get good. I mean, Alexandra made that statement after she qualified at Wimbledon and got to the semis. Okay, I got to put my feet in. I got to get some traction here and, and make some adjustments. Yeah, and, and I lost easy a to lot. Do. That's not easy I to lost. do, is it, Alexandra? No, I lost like 15 straight weeks in a row because I didn't know how to play on the tour. All right, so there's a lot. And to I had to re- reset and figure it out. Yeah, and also let's face it, though. I mean, Tiafo is an African. I mean, he's a black athlete, and he's a tennis player. He can't be taught to play like he's the strongest guy on the tour. He's got the biggest weapons on the tour. All right, wait, he hold on. Now, play, he has now, to be more assertive when he plays and not play like a counterpuncher. Yeah, but you and just he said he's the strongest points. guy on the tour, Eric. Do you think he's stronger than Ben Shelton and Alcaraz? Um, excuse me? Physically? Yeah, physically. Who do you think stronger than those three guys? I mean, the guy that I mentioned in the first place. Okay. And nobody's okay. going to argue that. Yeah. Okay, but he's got to use that. He's he's got to he's got to be better with his body language. Okay, he's got to be better with his energy, and yeah. he's got to he's got to exude more confidence out there. And this guy's got the game and the physique to do it. Okay, he he's got the game to be explosive, a game changer, but he has to have somebody that can relate to him in that athleticism. Not every mm-hmm. coach can do that. Yeah, that's well easy, said. That's a tough. That's a tough one. But mm-hmm. the coach was showing some spirit today because they needed that win. You switch coaches and you lose the first match of the year in the first slam. You're sunk. Hell. So I give TFO had some cre- some some pressure today. He came through huge. That's mm-hmm. not easy. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so start. Thank you, think, you for that. For yeah. me low down because I didn't see the match. I know. Uh, yeah. So Tiafo physically could be the strongest guy, but I still I'll stand by this. The strongest guy on the tour is Djokovic. Tennis-wise and game-wise okay, not, and yeah, body-wise. I was talking about strength, pure yeah. strength. Like like lifting, right? Yeah. yeah I'm just talking you, about yeah. pure strength. Okay, he's the LeBron James of the men's tour. Yes, and he needs to learn what LeBron learned to use his body in the right way on the tennis court. And it's what you're saying, both of you, Eric and Oogie. He has not learned how to do that, which is why he has so much untapped potential coming not, to him. He's not using his strength and power and intelligence and, and, and cerebral mindset to impose yeah. the offensive nature of the game that he needs to play. What do you think, Ruki? I totally agree. I think one, I mean, the, the first thing that I see as like big players, because last night we were talking about the female side, the WTA, the top players, they all hit clean shots, sort of flattish, and they take charge of the point, you know, and has been like that for a couple of decades now, all the way starting with Davenport and all the mm. way then Monica Sellas even, and they really, Sharapova and Serena, of course, dominated, just raw power. You, you, you just one and one, like Sabalenka last night. Mm. Poor girl, I mean, it was she was 18, German girl, super good player, but it was just 6-0, 5-0, and then 5-1, and then 6-1. So you can really tell that Sabalenka's power just, it's, yeah. it's intimidating. So same thing for Francis. I mean, somebody needs to tell him that once he hits that serve, he needs to run around a little bit more and hit that big forehand right away. Because sometimes he just stands there and hit backhand. Sometimes the ball's kind of low and he's going to chip with the backhand. Of course, it's okay, but it's not his game. You know, he needs to step around and use his forehand much more so he controls the point more and points will be shorter. He's going to win easier games. He's going to move on next round. That's what I think for, you know, for him. Yeah. He's, well, he's got such a great right. you, you know exactly what he needs to do. He needs to shorten yeah. the points. And you can't play backhands in the middle. I mean, this is tennis 101. You yeah. should be playing. you got to control the middle of the court with the inside out. Come mm-hmm. on. Exactly. And he's not getting in position. Plus, how come on the men's tour and on the women's tour, every, Alexander Stevenson, you better not retire because all these women and men, <laughs> they just hit in the return down the middle. You can sneak in. Well, and you know something? You Novak does in. it on the big matches. Okay. Even Izevich knows, tells Novak where to serve and what points he needs to serve in volley because the return's coming back through the middle. 
Yeah, and good now, point, Eric, because if you watch Djokovic in the bigger matches, you'll be like, why is he coming in on that? Well, he has been trained to do that. That is not mm -hmm. just, he's not just doing it to do it. It's actually a play that is in his playbook yeah. to upset the opponent at the right time. A yeah. Absolutely. And he's a genius of it, Goran. Goran won more first serve points than any man in history. He knows how to win first serves. He knows where to serve. Mm -hmm. and that's why he got a, grand, a, 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 a wild card. And he went over there and won, uh, won Wimbledon. That's right. Yeah. That was impressive. And, yeah. and Djokovic is, is listening to him. He's mixing it up at the right moment. You're right, yeah. because Joker is not definitely not a guy who plays the net and is going to win a lot of titles there. But just to mix it up a little bit and at the right moments, the opponent is not – they're not going to expect him to come to the net. And Goran's like, okay, at that certain point, you just come in, sneak in there, hit a just sweet volley, short on the angle on the other side. Go. Point's done. Yeah, yep. and you guys, and see, you, guys, you guys are super analytical like that. And Alexandra, you, mm -hmm. you guys both know that so many returns are coming through the center, and the player that's got the brains, Boogie, Alexandra, at the right time is going to sneak in and take that because it's there for the taking. And yeah, the fact well, that all these players, Alexandra, are serving and playing a whole match, they're not serving and volleying once. <laughs> Not Oogie once. and I and not Elliot once. last it's night. Unbelievable. They're yeah. not hitting a return and coming no. in not once. No. We had a whole discussion about again, Nick Curios was talking about the servant volleyers, the great servant volleyers, Becker, Edberg, Sampras would get crushed by Novak Djokovic. And Elliot was like, he just doesn't know what he's talking about on that one because the way that you get in off your serve spot and the speed you have up to the net, by the time the returner is hitting the serve, the net, the person at the net is already ready for the volley to put it away. And it's not about the power. So, Eric, it's so funny. Back to back, our little coach's corner, Ugi, we've got two coaches kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's so one dimensional. There, there, there's so much there for the taking in both on the men's and women's side. You get a player that's willing to have the guts, Alexander, to serve and volley. They don't even serve and volley at 40 love. I mean, if Andy Roddick had serve and volley to 40 love and 30 love and 45 in his career, he would have had 10 won Wimbledon. Right? The best serve in history. Okay. Oh, and speaking you know, of which, Eric, yeah. Andy Roddick apparently came in with Brad Gilbert and Coco Goff and adjusted her serve motion a bit. So we're going to get into Coco Goff, but. I saw a little tweak and he's kind of like making it less of a swing motion, more abbreviated. Mm -hmm. And apparently John McEnroe was not agreeing with that. The saying abbreviated serves don't work. So thoughts on that guys, abbreviated serves, whole service swing. So throughout this week, you're going to have to be checking out Coco's service motion. We will do that. I mean, first, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with John on that one because there's so many, new upcoming servers that are abbreviating serves, you know? Felix was doing it, Alcaraz was doing it. I mean, these guys are abbreviating serves. It, yeah. Roddick was the first one probably putting that out there because imagine Andy Roddick, he just tosses the ball, his racket goes up behind him and it just pops, I mean, the out of the ball. It was just yeah. amazing. So much easier to do when it's windy. You know, if you go down here, I mean, that toss is going to have to be up there because you need more time to hit the ball. So, you know, with Junior, sometimes I offer the choice. I say, okay, mm. abbreviate or go down. It, it's smoother, but you you probably cannot hit as hard and you can definitely in the wind, the toss, it is difficult a little bit. But in Canada, here, and we just play indoors all the time. So that's yeah, why Chapeau, Chapeau Valov has this yeah. huge toss up in the air and he's got time yeah, indoors in Toronto. But in the yeah. wind, it's tough. So, all right, Eric, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, first of all, Oogie, Oogie, I, I, I love listening to what you have to say because you understand John McEnroe, okay, and Brad Gilbert, that's just going to be ego. My way, your way. You have to do what's best for the player. Yeah, it's important. And the player has the toughest job. I told this girl, Angelica Blake. I mean, she's got the best ground strokes I've ever seen in a tennis player. And she plays up on top of the baseline. And she can change direction forehand and backhand on the full run better than anybody that plays the game right now. And I stand behind that. But the point is this. You have to do what's best for the player. The player has the most difficult job. Alexandra, you've got to go out there at center court. So I want you to make sure you're going to go with the motion you feel comfortable with. We'll look at the video and let's see what works, what feels comfortable, because you have to reproduce it over and over again. 
Mm -hmm. It's not one way fits all, right, Oogie? Alexander, you got to make sure that it works for that player, right? It's not like I'm going to force it on because this is what I did when I played or this is the only way I can do it. You know, coaches, when they're smart, I tell, you know, I told Alexandra and Shriver and Lisa, I learned more from you guys. You learn more from your students than the students learn from you or the players. But you have to do what's best for the player. That's so well for McEnroe said, because... to make that statement, it's wrong. And for them to have a pissing contest over which is ready is not fair <laughs> to the player. Well, it's is it's it? exactly is right, it? Eric, because the player, slam? you know, but the player has to be comfortable with what you're presenting that to them, right? Sure. So you have to be like, you have to work together and you can't say this is the right way. I mean, obviously, if it's about like split stepping and turning mm -hmm. at some of the level I have with the younger kids. Yeah, you say this is the way you have to move. Yeah, that's you not have negotiable, right? No, not negotiable, right? right? Like Billy Jean would but, say, not negotiable. Yeah. yeah, but a serve stance, you got to find what works with their body. Yeah, I mean, who's going to? Andy Roddick's feet are so close together. McEnroe's feet. I mean, McEnroe's got the same service motion. I watched him play when he was seventeen. He's got the same motion he had when he was a teenager. Okay, and, well, and that motion we'll worked well for it, him. Coco this tournament if she adjusts little adjustments I watched Is her feet closer together the, I need to go watch her play yeah her I watched closer together I watched Maybe. the end of the second set I need to watch a little bit more um but it is it's not a it's not a big difference so I gotta really like hmm. analyze it and put it in slow motion to really see it but well, I just thought that was interesting that's what they worked on in the off season. Well, I don't know anybody that has a better one. Maybe okay, but I don't know anybody that has a better eye for the serve, better technique on a serve than you, Alexandra. And oh, I definitely think that players should look into doing that. Hire coaches for certain things that they really need help with because some coaches don't teach the serve well. Some coaches aren't really good with the return. So sometimes mm -hmm. it would be good to just hire a neutral party to help with a certain part of your game. Yeah, to go in. All right. I think well, that's a good. I think that's not a bad way to do it. It isn't a bad way. I, I had many coaches growing up. I had, well, I didn't have many, but I had, look, Pete Fisher was my main one. And he took me to Robert Landster for ground strokes and Dell Little for footwork. And then he taught me the serve and the rest of the game. But I had those three coaches from nine to 16. And then at 13, Elliot came in to play. Elliot Telcher came in to play strategy with me. Mm. So, and has a little academy and he i know he's got a bunch of coaches helping all his kids so yeah, collaborative efforts are important they it are in for you alexandra it worked it but really it wasn't from all from one person i like that the collaboration right you get some bits and pieces from different people yeah right it's really important it's really important because just look at football i mean how many coaches is there for a team come on you got a defense coach offense quarterback special teams i mean there's so many people that because once you specialize into something, you can really dig in and, and be very good at it. You know, once I, you know, when I coached Felix Oji Aliasim, he was, he was nine years old. He came in at the academy because uh, Sam's his father, you know, his academy just shut down the club, shut down. They sold the club and turned into something else. And uh, he wanted to come with me because he heard I was, I was okay for a coach. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Come in, let's work together. So I met Felix and, Malika, of course, his uh, sister, and Brana, another guy, was there. And Felix was this raw diamond, unbelievable talent, super, super nice guy, working hard, but he did, he did not know how to play. He was tactically, he didn't, he didn't know what to do. So I start teaching him, run around, hit forehands. You'll see later on your forehand's going to be, you know, clicking, it's going to give you some points. So it was yes all the time. So I teach him tactics because his technique was good. I didn't have to teach anything about that. So mentally and tactically, you need special people to get further. And that's maybe maybe that's what Francis is getting out of uh, his new coach. Maybe something is clicking and something new is happening for him. So it's always nice to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the beginning of the year, guy. And that's guys. That's what's so exciting is Australia is literally six weeks after the off season. So we're going to see a lot of changes happening maybe mid-March mm. through into the next part mm. of the Grand Slams, the French mm. Wimbledon U.S. Open, right? Yeah, this yeah. is the beginning of players making changes, what's going to work, what's not. Obviously, some players don't make changes, but the ones that do, you look towards March, April, May to see mm. what's going to happen.
yeah. The focus here is Australia, but right after that, I'm I'm telling you, the focus is going to be Indian Wells and uh, Miami Open for sure. Those are two big tournaments after the four slams uh, over two weeks each. So yeah, they'll they'll be here, and then after they'll be there, and then whoops, summer's going to come along and all those slams. Yeah, already excited hey. for the French the, the clay court season. Yeah, yeah, clay courts, and you know what's going to be exciting is Naomi Osaka plays Caroline Garcia tonight. Oh. I'm looking forward to that match. She's one of my dark horses to go through. Mm-hmm. And speaking of changes, she was off the tour and had a baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now she's back. She hired yeah. her old coach. Yeah. She That's hired nice. a German trainer mm-hmm. and a ballet dancer to help with her core and her elegance. Yeah, and Alex snuck in, talent. you know, she told that last night, Eric. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Alexandra just, you know, drove by, snuck in into California somewhere, and she saw what's going on in the trainings for Naomi. I loved it. Yeah. All that information last night. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I did inside a deep info. dive. She did inside a deep dive. Well, I did a deep dive. And <laughs> look, we're going to see some exciting stuff tonight against Carolyn Garcia, Naomi Osaka could very well beat Garcia because Garcia is a very up and down player. She has to be on to be making her serve and talk about a returner who likes to attack and come forward. That's Garcia in a nutshell. Now, does she come forward and close with her volleys perfectly all the time? No, but this is a tough match for both players, but I'm going to give the edge to Osaka. Mm-hmm. What about I'm you guys? I'm calling Naomi Osaka in two sets. I mean, seriously. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. All Caroline right. Garcia is one of the most up-and-down player I've ever seen. Her serve can go out the window, mm. not be there for a month. Whoops, they mm. come in. She's too, she's too, you know, Naomi in two sets. What All about right, you, Eric? Eric? What do you what think? what about you? I think Naomi is one of the dark horse for this tournament. I think that she can go deep. She's done it before. The fact that she's back playing tennis. Okay, you don't come back to play pro tennis on the WTA tour because you need something to do. Mm-hmm. That is such an incredible, demanding job. Mm-hmm. The yeah. fact that she's back out there and, and she's going to play at this level, then she's coming back to win slam. Yeah, yeah. I really and believe that. Slams. And she's done it before. She's got the mindset to do it. And you know something? She was smart. She's not expected a whole lot. She's going to be a lot more relaxed. She's going to have fun, and she's going to try to make it stick this time. She loves the game. I think she's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly, I'm going to go with and you. I think she wins it. Okay, mm-hmm. I like it. And I, I liked one of her quotes was that she didn't watch a lot of tennis when she was pregnant and off the court because it made her upset, and she wanted to go play. And wow. we, all three of us know as competitors, when we watch tennis, you want to be there and be playing. You're not a you're, – you're not really a fan of the game. It's more like you're a student of the game and we mm-hmm. learn. We're not fans, we're players. And you feel that pull. Mm. I mean, at least speaking from me, I feel that pull. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like this deep heartache that you're just not there. And mm-hmm. when she said that, I was like, oh, I agree with you totally. I can see why you're coming back. There's no reason why she needed to come back. She could have just walked away after she's been through ups and downs, mental health, but she wants to make a difference in the game. She wants to change how mental health is looked at, especially among women. And she said she wants to have her daughter watch her and at 14, like be in the stands watching her win Grand Slam. So she may be quiet in everything else, but in that interview, it was very telling of what Mm -hmm. her goals are. She's awesome for the game, seriously, honestly. I mean, I've never met her or anything, but she's such an influence on all sorts of, you know, all sides in the world, you know? Just, uh, I remember in the basketball, you know, field, she was wearing somebody's name or something. Remember when they were, um, they were they were having that a couple of years back, you know, black something about the oh, Black Lives black Matter, Matter. And, and yeah. then yeah. during Black Lives Matter, she wore the names of every young black person that got murdered during that time in America when it was really um, it was terrible. There were fires, shown. And riots. Yeah. And and she wore everybody's name on her hat yeah, or her see? T-shirt at the U.S. Oh. Open. Yeah. So she's, I, I mean, and it, she's it was after she's George amazing. Floyd and she boycotted. Yeah. So That's I was right. there for qualifying the U.S. Open. But the week before that, because it was co- a COVID year and we were all in masks and George Floyd had just gotten killed. Mm. And um, 
Cincinnati was going on at the U.S. Open because they had moved Cincinnati that year to the U.S. Open to bu- make all the players stay in a bubble to keep them That's healthy. Right. And you the U.S. Open, memory. yeah, they did a really good job at it. But it was like stressful. You had to take tests every day. If you didn't pass, you couldn't. You had to be quarantined. Right. Uh, a lot of players got quarantined. And they were very upset, and they had to stay in this hotel. Um, for ESPN, we were in our own hotel, and I had just flown in towards the middle middle of Cincinnati and George Floyd had happened and Naomi Osaka stood up and was like why are we playing today the soccer there was a soccer game going yeah, on yeah. they stopped right. playing basketball mm-hmm. stopped playing that's why you remember basketball yep. all the sports in America halted except for tennis and so Osaka stood up and said I'm not playing so you can default me or you can do the right thing and wait a day take a day it's everybody else in the sports world is taking a day and so this is so tennis guys they were like oh maybe we should do that because a lot of the times the tennis world is a bit behind in our pop culture world and society they're like 50 years behind sometimes so they all got together and like well yeah i guess we have to do it we can't have we can't default her from the tournament because she's taking a stand now 20 years ago would that have happened would they have stopped the tournament i don't know but with social media and the internet right now and what's going on in the world they had to so look what she did she's awesome seriously you're right you're right and um you know something uh tfo coco and um osaka have been very responsible socially with how they've managed they things have. and how they've um, had to incorporate and answer things about race. And I think it's been very admirable that these young spectacular athletes have handled themselves so responsibly in, in a serious, serious, um, you know, uh, social yeah, dilemma is. that it's we have important. in this country. I, I think they've done a good things and I think that they're going to help continue to break the door down. And, yep. and, and, and the fact that they're so good at what they do, it's great. And Naomi Osaka, I wish I could tell you Play tennis. You love it. You're great. You're amazing. And the tennis world needs Osaka. She brought a lot to the game. Yeah, right? the sports world. Look, the sports Absolutely. world Absolutely. So anyway, more, I hope she comes. Like We're her. glad she's back and hope she stays healthy. Right, Ogie? Oh, yeah. That, most definitely. I think we yeah. can throw in Anse Jabeur as well for all the oh. Arabic people and everything. Yes. I think she's she's amazing as well. For, Good for job, Oogie. I was going to segue into that. Jabeur, she's mm. playing today. <laughs> and, so, such a likable um, person. I, yeah. I've never yep. met her, but she looks like yeah. so nice. She's warming yeah. up. She's very nice. I've played her twice. Uh, she's got a big sponsor by a Saudi women's sports-owned company. That's a big step in the right direction, right? So the, the, the company is smart to have her. Yeah. She's, so she's, 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 she's going to be debuting her outfit tonight. Yeah. And also, I mean, she, she's important um, because it, 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 the, the world doesn't know, the tennis world doesn't know much about Africa. And, and she's helping us understand the continent. Right? Yeah, totally. And she also is bringing happiness and joy to yes. the tennis court mm. a lot of the time. And I really like what she has to say. And she's just a nice player and she's nice to everybody. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Wait, hold on. I got. All right, guys. So we got Jabur on the court warming up. We've got Donna Vekic down 2-5 against Anastasia Pavlachenkova. Another tough match. Mm. And um, we're going to wrap up this podcast. This has been a lot of fun. I've got a trivia question and then I've got a quote of the day for our podcast for you. Okay, guys, here's the trivia question. Let's see if you can get it. There are eight moms in the AO Australian Open. Main draw. Can you name them? Oof. Um, okay, I'll start and Eric will alternate. Uh, let okay. me just say, um, Angelique okay, can Kerber. I start? Angelique Kerber. I've got the first one. Here we go. Okay. Right. Now, Eric, who, who are you? You know, Taylor Townsend. All right. Oh, so wow, we got two. One. Okay, right. Oogie. Next All right, one. I'm up. Um, Zvitolina. Yep. All right, Eric. Oh, um, 
The girl that got to the semis of Wimbledon. That wasn't Garcia, was it? No. Um, she doesn't hit too hard. Slices her forehand. I don't know her name. Dark hair. Tatiana Maria. Maria. Not, yeah, okay. How can I forget her name? Maria. Okay, good. That okay, one. Okay, Ugi, you're hey, up. I've got, I've got Caroline Wozniacki. Good one. Okay. She won today, uh, last night in a retirement. Lynette retired, so Wozniak is through to the second round. All right, we've got four, guys. We need four more. I would guess maybe Tsarenko from uh, Ukraine. No? Did she have a No. Game? No. Okay. We, we uh, talked about her for a lot, changing the game of tennis. She's just coming back. She's playing tonight. Osaka. Oh, Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. Naomi. Osaka, guys. I okay. Osaka. I said that. All right, that's that's five. That's a good clue, okay. there, Alexander. All right, um, we need three more. Uh, and we have to think about this because we can't. Well, anyway, anybody I, I'm not going to be able to come up with any good guesses. So. Oh wait, you said Svitolina, so we need two more. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so she's won the Australian Open twice. Oh, Azarenka. Yes, oh, yeah, Azarenka. Vika. Vika. Okay. Yeah. This is okay. The last one's gonna be tricky, but I played her and she uh she is Belgian. I'll give you that. Uh not Elise Mertens. She, she's too young. No, but her last name starts with a W. Wickmeyer? No? Yes, Wickmeyer. Oh, she had a baby job. and came back. All cool. right, so those are our eight moms in the Australian Open. This seems to be the trend, so maybe Ash, Ash Barty will be back in 2025. You imagine that? I mean, yeah. Is that a record, like eight moms in a single draw? I like think that? so. Okay, so I'm going to give the quote of the podcast, all right? Okay. Do it. So I'm just going to give it to you, and then I want you to guess. Now, she's an Australian tennis player. I will give you that fact because it's a hard quote to guess on, and she's mm -hmm. iconic. All right, her life motto quote is... Well, anyway, it's got to be court, Margaret Court. No, wait, listen to the quote. Dream, <laughs> believe, learn, achieve. Four words. She's Australian. Yes. Tennis player? Yes, and I'll give you another hint. Iconic. Ash, yeah, Ash Barty honored her when Yvonne she won Gulligan. Wimbledon. Yvonne Gulligan. Yes, there you go. Nice. So Ash Barty wore her same outfit Fila redesigned it, and she honored Yvonne Gulligan when she won Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. yeah Yvonne Gulligan right. won in, like, 1970 or 71, didn't she? Yeah, and she's an iconic she, Aboriginal. She was an Aborigine, player. yeah. Yep. Yvonne Gulligan was an so, Aborigine from so Australia. Good quote, guys. Dream, believe, learn, achieve. Man, yeah. got to love awesome. her last name. Her last name is, like, so so nice. It's a superstar already. Gulligan. It's so good, huh? All right, guys. Well, this was a lot of fun. Eric Riley, thank you for joining us tonight. And hopefully we will have you back in our Coach's Corner podcast to discuss more strategy, technique, and just overall ability to play the tennis game. This has been Serving Aces. I'm Alexander Stevenson, and we will see you next time. Thanks for having me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.